Good day. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and best-selling author, and we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so that you'll be better equipped to amplify your positive impact as a difference maker in any area in your life. We'll cover a variety of topics related to authenticity. We'll hear stories of how authentic leaders came to be who they are, and we'll create a platform for you to submit questions you would like us to address on all the different topics we talk about here and in my books. What's uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley. I am super excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. So Haley, welcome to another episode. Hey, glad to be back. It feels good. <laughs> How was your day today? It was great. We uh, we don't have the cold weather that you do in Calgary right now, um, but we're just kind of into this, you know, teaching high school. We're just into this crunch time now before the midterm report cards. Um, so that's a big deal for these 11s and 12s because now all of a sudden their marks count. And so they're always that there's a buzz in the air as they start to get kind of panicked a little bit. But um, it's it's good because this is when they're the most focused. <laughs> so how do you how do you stay centered? and grounded when the kids are flying off the wall. You learn to roll with it. You know, you just kind of, you just got to laugh it off. Cause I think that's, that's the way to stay sane. I took a kid's phone away and he was like, but I was just checking Snapchat. Well, I saw your phone, but, but, but you just got to roll with it. You just got to, he's like, I, I rarely use it in math class. Please can I have it back for math class? Well, if you rarely use it for math class, then you don't need it. What? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you just got to roll with it. You got to find humor where there's humor and, you know, not get too high strung about it so that the kids don't, because as soon as I'm high strung, I think the kids feed off of that and then they get high strung too. And nobody likes that. So just finding ways to laugh as best you can. <laughs> you got to flow with it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I am intrigued with the topic that we're going to discuss this week. And it was your idea. And I'm just really curious. I've got some thoughts about it, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm very curious. So the topic is that the highest form of compassion is accountability. So yeah. would you would you kick this off and tell us where you're coming with this? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm at this age in my life. I'm not a parent myself, but I feel like a lot of people around me are starting to be parents, but like in early stages of parents, like I'll be 30 in March. So, um, which is crazy. How do you feel dad? <laughs> um, you have a 30 year old daughter, crazy, almost 30. Um, but the people around me are all having kids like crazy. So it's, um, you know, and so I've been, you know, talking to some of these, you know, parents to be and, and things like that as there's all of this anxiety bubbling up about, about parenting and the pressures of parenting. And do I absolutely need a new smart crib that can sense when my baby's crying and it'll rock it back to sleep? And do I need this technology and that technology and this parenting trend and that parenting trend and this book and that book? And very easily to get, to get over, it's very easy to get overwhelmed with all of this, you know, parenting advice from all over these different sources all over the place. So I was talking to this parent to be last week and he said, you know, like the one thing I just keep reminding myself is that the highest form of compassion is accountability. And he says, if I can teach my kid that one lesson and be compassionate to them and teach them about accountability, I'll have done my job as a father. And I was like, wow, I've never really heard it phrased that way. So then I pass it on to you and, and here we are. So what do you think that compassion has to do with accountability? 
Why would those two be linked? Instinctively, there's something that resonates with me about that. The way I interpret it, and I think maybe this is just coming from a, an angle of, of as somebody who works with kids a lot, is that if you teach somebody to be accountable for their actions, accountable for their, you know, the, the consequences of their actions and to teach them to be empowered, that they have the choice to make these decisions, right? And then to own the, the consequences of that decision, whether that be positive or negative for them, positive or negative for their community, if they can own it and take responsibility for it and be held accountable for it, that is the best lesson you can teach them. That is the best way to give love in that context. Because you're, you're teaching empowerment, you're teaching consequences, you're teaching, um, you know, like doing what's best for you, you're teaching what doing what's best for your community. And it, it's that sense, it's, it's, it's empowerment um, and also responsibility. Um, so that's the way I interpret it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Dad? Well, a couple of things come to mind. First mm-hmm. of all, you know my work in the addictions field. And yeah. when people are caught in the, in the grips of addiction, and abuse and imposing trauma through their addiction, there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly no compassion. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think of over the years, I mean, I spend probably 20 hours a week volunteering my time in the addictions field. And when people are caught in the addictive cycle, they might say, okay, I am going to not drink today. I'm not going to use today. Um, And then four o'clock by four o'clock in the afternoon, they're drunk Hmm. and they're out of control. And I can assure you that compassion is furthest in that family system, in that whatever relationship they're in, not to mention the relationship with themselves. And there's no accountability because there's, there's a promise, but there's no system of accountability because addiction has taken over. And so once they get take accountability and get a program, then you begin to say it, you can begin to open your heart to compassion because you have integrity through accountability. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'll share my own experience. You know how I've struggled with mental health. Now, this is really mm-hmm. prior to you being born, but I went through two bouts of very severe clinical depression where I couldn't get, get off the couch for weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and your your mom very clearly said to me, you know what, I love you so much, but I can't help you anymore. You need to go and get help. Mm-hmm. And by, you know, and by me taking responsibility to learn how to work with my depression, work with my mental health challenges, work with my anxiety, and develop accountability and a really uh care, self-caring system, if you will, a strengthening system around me to take care of my mental health. At the base of all of that is accountability. Mm-hmm. It's showing up. It's knowing how am I going to show up in the, in my life today? How, you know, what disciplines will I have in my life that I will hold myself to? What promises will I make that are non-negotiable to the people that I care about? And I can, I can assure you that that has been a necessary foundation for compassion to come from me. Without mm-hmm. that, there can be no compassion. So mm-hmm. it's a foundation of love is showing up. Now, it's, it's necessary. It's not sufficient. Just because you show up 
you know, you also have to open your heart, but there's nothing to open your heart with if there isn't accountability and integrity. It becomes abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mental health challenges can can suck all of the energy out of a family. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'd agree on that. Like I think I guess there's there's sort of two things I want to talk about too. That like I think by recognizing by cultivating it's also self-compassion like you mentioned right like um i think about like you know to feel empowered by something right it's i i just heard from this this fitness instructor that i listened to like having a second wind is a choice right choosing to to take ownership over the consequences around you and the consequences of your life and and realizing that you have power and control over those decisions right um that's a, a huge form of, of, of self-compassion. Um, because now all of a sudden you're, you're owning your, you know, your place in the world and owning what you need to do and realizing that you have power and control over that. So I think that's, that's a, a really important thing. And then the other thing too, I, I just had this thought too, that, that you can almost flip it, right? The highest form of accountability is compassion because it's also, you know, demonstrating, okay, how do I mean this? I just had this thought. I was just thinking, what if you flip it? Um, the highest form of accountability is compassion, because I think that's also how you develop compassion is by being accountable to your own actions. So that's the way you can build community and, 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 you know, like owning up to the mistakes you make, especially if they're impacting others around you, um, by owning up to it and taking responsibility for it, right. It's the kindest, best thing you can do for other people around you right? By saying, Hey, yes, I screwed up. I own it. I'm sorry. Let me make it up to you. Right. It's about, it's also about, you know, giving as well and showing compassion to other people. So I think that's how they're also inherently linked. I love that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that because compassion in my view, isn't a feeling Mm -hmm. it's an, it's a decision and it's Mm -hmm. an action. Mm -hmm. And just to go on your feelings. Well, um, it, I mean, emotions are part of it, but it it really comes from a decision to say, I'm going to take care of you, mm-hmm. even if I may not feel like it at this moment, mm-hmm. based on based on the fact that it's the right thing. And I, I mean, I learned that walking my brother through your uncle Hal through the cancer journey. Mm-hmm. There were days where, you know, those caregivers myself included, I didn't do the heavy lifting, but those caregivers didn't always feel like it, but it didn't matter. They showed Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. and they opened their heart. That's accountable. And so what you're suggesting is that maybe accountability and compassion are interchangeable. They're synonymous almost with each Mm -hmm. other, even Mm -hmm. though they're such different words, they're so integral to each other, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Because you can look at it, you know, what it does for you by being accountable, what, what you are able to treat, like the, the empowerment and things like that, that you get, but also, you know, risk, like, like understanding the consequences and, and the choices that you have, but also for your community, because I think that's, you know, admitting faults, making mistakes, you know, remedying mistakes, things like that. Right. It's, it's, it's responsibility and it's care and it's, it's compassion. Ultimately, I, I was thinking about how, showing up for your team and showing up for yourself and the importance of that. Um, you know, thinking about, I was just literally struggling this morning to get out of bed, to get up and run. Cause I knew I wasn't going to feel like it tonight. I knew that. So I was like, if I get up early and I run before school, before work, 
um, you know, it's, it's, it's just my whole, my, my whole day is going to be better. Right. And realizing that, you know, I'm accountable for the consequences of this. So if I don't get out of bed and run, I, uh, and I sleep in, I'm going to feel sluggish. I'm going to feel tired and I'm going to have dread running later tonight. And I have to own those consequences or I can show compassion for myself. I can, I can, you know, I can get up. I can, I can show compassion for my future self too, and just get it out of the way. Right. But then I also see it with, with, you know, trying to teach teenagers how to work in a team, which is a (laughs) whole challenge in and of itself, but how often kids will deny responsibility. They'll deny culpability when they screw up. Right. And what that does to the whole team atmosphere and, and their trustworthiness as an individual and the collaborative nature of it. Um, and how you just have to teach them to own up to it and how hard that is to teach right? Because kids don't want to get in trouble, right? We, we, we punish them and we reward them. Um, and so as a result, we either, you know, fear punishment or we search for rewards, but these are all external factors. Um, they're not internal, but I think like accountability can only come if you just realize it's the right thing to do. And you have compassion for yourself and the world around you instead of, you know, avoiding punishment. That makes sense. I love that. Now, let me ask you, you you got up, you made a promise to yourself. You got mm-hmm. up and exercise this morning. You went for a run. Mm-hmm. How did that impact compassion for yourself mm. and for the world around you? It was compassion for my, my future self. Cause it means that I don't have to run tonight. <laughs> I think that's a big one. Um, it had compassion for, um, you know, myself in the middle of that run. Cause I realized as soon as I got out there and did it, I felt so much better. I had compassion for the dog because I got up and I made that decision to go for a run with the dog. So the dog could come with me and had a great time. Um, and, um, you know, it also, it take like recognizing that, you know, it just, it was, it was a, it was a a selfish act that had a whole great impact on the rest of my day. Right. It, it, it was, I, I realized I was accountable to my future self, if that makes sense. Right. So, so it was making that decision in the now so that the future self, you know, my future self could feel better and have a better day. And that enables you to then have more compassion for others. Yep. Because exactly. it comes from that compassion comes from overflow, not from emptiness. Yeah. And it, that, that means too, that I can spend tonight with AJ, my husband, you know, and we can do something fun instead of him waiting for me as I get my run done begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I, you know, it's an interesting notion when we say the word self-care and how mm-hmm. important self-care is. It's it's really an ethical responsibility to take care of yourself so that you can then take care of the world around you. Mm-hmm. But I always say that self-care is not necessarily comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily easy. If you conjure up visions or, or images of yourself having doing self-care, well, there's certainly a, a a soothing component to it at times, like sitting in a hot tub or, uh, you know, relaxing or going on a holiday to a warm place. And but I would suggest that self care isn't necessarily comfortable. Like what you did this morning to get up and mm-hmm. be accountable, mm-hmm. that is self caring, mm-hmm. and that will lead to compassion. I think that's what you're mm-hmm. saying is those two mm-hmm. are integral to each other. And it's not mm-hmm. something that we typically think of with self-care. We, we typically think of it doing something pleasurable or easy, but mm-hmm. that's hard. it's hard work taking care of yourself, but it's 
that being accountable to yourself then enables you to be compassionately accountable to the world around you. And also too, right? Like it's, it's that, you know, like even just thinking about self-care, right? Like how important it is to, you know, you can't, you got to put on your own mask first, right? Like you think about like on airplanes, right? They always say, put on your mask before helping others, right? Because it's realizing that you have, you, you need to be accountable to those around you, right? So if you can't take care of yourself, you can't be compassionate for others. Exactly like you just said, right? You got to put your own mask on first, right? So um, self-compassion and compassion to others. And also to, you know, when you're teaching that to like, to as a parent, like parenting advice, right? I would imagine that, you know, it, if you can't, you got to teach both at the same time. Cause I think it's really hard to teach kids to care about accountability. Um, when it's really hard for them to understand like future, like they're, I mean, you know, your, your frontal lobe, the part of your brain that's responsible for consequences and future planning and, and just like, you know, logical thought <laughs> isn't fully developed until you're in your early twenties. So how are you supposed to teach them about authentic consequences and being accountable for those consequences when their brain isn't even developed yet? But I think a, a nice, a nice bridge into that conversation can be about compassion for yourself and for the world around you. Well, as your grandfather would have said, that it's one of those things that can be caught, but it can't be taught. Mm -hmm. You just have to kind of inspire it around you and and lead it from around you. But, you know, mm -hmm. it, it begs a point that I think accountability is so often seen as harsh and we're going to hold you accountable and it's mm -hmm. it's disciplinary. Mm -hmm. And you shift and reframe it in a nice way by by saying that it's the highest form of compassion is accountability. You bring a sense of heart and mm -hmm. soul, if you will, into the whole notion of accountability that when you show up for yourself, you show up for the world. Uh, it's it's an it's a it's a tremendous act of accountability. I love that. It's going to yeah, sit with me. Yeah, it's good. Eh? Yeah, I like that. And, and, it, and it honestly, it just made me feel a lot more relaxed as I think about having kids one day. Right. Like that's a, if you teach them that lesson. Right. Everything else will just fall into place right? Because we are social creatures. We actually, I was just talking to this, this person today, my, my boss about this, my principal. Um, and she was just reading how, you know, we are these social creatures. We cannot exist without a community, right? If you look back to our, our origins, right? Um, the whole reason, like we, we had our fight or flight response responses, but as soon as you're living in a community with other people, you can rely on other people and you don't have to be anxious and on, on watch all the time. You can pass off the watch to other people. It gives you a chance to calm down, right? To trust other people, right? So our community is literally integral to our, our survival and, and our, our evolution to get here, right? And so, you know, but compassion and accountability are essential values to living in a community, to living with other people. You cannot have these two elements and and still expect to fit in socially and, and be able to rely and trust other people and have other people trust and rely on you. So. Well, I think that's, uh, it feels profound to me. It's profoundly <laughs> simple, Yeah. Um, but I'm going to reflect on it. And I hope that it's yeah. uh, been useful for our, our yeah. listeners to uh, reflect yeah. on these, some of these concepts. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit easier to teach compassion and, and selfish selflessness than it is to teach accountability, but the two are inherently related. So. But so many of us are empty uh, and trying to care about others. We have our intention to care, but we're empty. And yeah. that, and then we end up pleasing 
rather than really loving because we're we do it out of insecurity and out of our own insecure needs rather than coming from overflow which comes from personal accountability exactly i love that exactly all right as we will conclude all episodes what are you grateful for today (laughs) what am i grateful for Hmm, a lot of things right now actually running outside i love it as long as i can i will run outside um and I think I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to work with with kids. And I'm I'm very fortunate to work in a small school. Um, I know that is a privilege that not a lot of educators get. Um, so I get to know these kids really well. Um, and so I I just I just relish being able to to give them feedback and to work with them and see them grow over over several years, um, to be able to tease them and then have them tease me back and just be able to have that kind of great banter relationship with these kids. Uh, I just love my job. So I feel very, 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 very lucky to be able to do that. What are you grateful for, Dad? Well, I'm actually really grateful because it's for the, for our relationship today. Yeah. Um, and I, I might be kind of redundant about that and, and say it a lot. But, you know, I've, I it was always been a value of mine in our family, as you know, this whole notion of accountability and mm-hmm. showing up and doing what you know is right rather than what's easy or comfortable or mm-hmm. what is based on emotions. And for us to have this conversation and for you to raise this topic and for you to be so passionate about this topic (laughs) brings me great joy. So I'm just very grateful for that. It's all about showing up and showing up for you, showing up for the people around you. You just got to show up and people got to trust that you're going to be there. And you got to trust that other people will be there. Well, until next time, be well, be real, be real and stay real. There you go. Stay real. (laughs) Take care. Bye, Dad.